0: This new season. I'm just wanting to make sure you boys are on this. The uh, last thing I want is you guys looking stupid on a podcast. Just testing us with you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about the League Cup, mate. We've talked about this. The League <laughs> Cup is not happening this season.
1: Good evening everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the referees of Tanker. We're welcoming in the new 23 to 24 season in Scotland, England, the leagues around Europe, all the talking points as per usual. A lot of managerial medical rounds, a lot of transfer news over the summer. <laughs>
0: Hey, welcome back guys. So we're going to start in Scotland where we've actually had two rounds of fixtures already. Started off on Saturday the 5th where we've seen Kilmarnock beat Rangers 1-0 at Rugby Park. St Johnstone succumbed to a 2-0 loss to Hearts at McDermott Park. Livingston and Aberdeen shared a 0-0 draw at the Spaghetti Had. Dundee and Motherwell finished 1-1 at Dens Park and Celtic ran out 4-2 winners over Ross County, then seen Hibs lose their opener against St Mirren 3-2 at Easter Road. The games over the weekend just now, seen St Mirren beat Dundee 2-1, Ross County were 2-0 winners against St Johnston up in Dingwall, and Rangers smashed Livingston 4-0. Motherwell were 2-1 winners against Hibbs, while Hearts and Kilmarnock drew 0-0, and Celtic picked up all the points up in Aberdeen, beating them three one. Um what you guys don't know is this is all we're going to talk about as far as the Scottish leagues go. We're not going into any details until St Johnston get better or score um, or <laughs> score. So that that could take a while. We're actually now after this week. We're going to concentrate on the Scottish Championship going forward <laughs> rather than the Premier <laughs> League. Um, I do withhold the rights to bring this one back if C Johnston do start scoring goals or picking up points. At this point, it is not looking likely. Just wait till you play Hibs, mate. It's probably more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously, we're being St. Johnston fans and Hibs fans only on the podcast this week. It's not exactly been a great start for either of our teams. You guys have done all that in Europe, which is a small shining light, I'm guessing. What have you made to the opening, the opening two rounds of fixtures, guys? Disappointing, obviously, to lose two matches.
2: Uh, last week, we were poor first half, better second half, uh, but still can't defend. And yesterday was... Uh, better choose my words carefully here. Uh, Hibs were absolutely rotten from minute one to minute 97 or whatever it was. Absolutely disgraceful performance. Um, The manager's got to take a lot of flack for this and the fans are starting to turn a little bit, as me and Liam witnessed yesterday. So uh, performances aren't good enough. Yep, it was good in Europe, but over the two league games, nowhere near good enough and we need to start improving or we're going to be looking for a new manager very soon. Sean?
1: Um, yeah, I missed the the home game against Samira I was on holiday, but I did see seen the goals, I've seen the extended highlights, so I've got a decent grasp of what happened. Again, like Marty said, defensively, absolutely abysmal. Um, it doesn't seem to have any real playing style or any real consistency in the 11. The game yesterday, we were at it, and Marty, I stood next to Marty the entire game and how many times did I grunt or shake my head or complain, Marty? Every two seconds, a misplaced pass. The shape was terrible, the, the personnel within the shape was terrible. There's nothing. Definitely. You weren't even playing to a style that wasn't even like, oh well, somebody drops in, somebody can go over the top and stretch the defense. Nothing. Literal nothing. So the, the European games have most definitely kept him on a job because after the first leg against Andorra, if you weren't the Andorran team, sorry, if you hadn't went through after the second leg, he would have been sacked by now. Facts. Um the Luzerne result looks really good on paper. But we, if we don't go through, we've got a, a, a tricky ish tie at home with Wraith in the, the League Cup on Sunday. You, you don't win either of those ties. You go out to Europe and get beefy at Wraith, and you're moving at the Livingston game, probably managerless, because he can't. he's already on sticky wicket coming out the season because we were so abysmal last year for the vast majority of it. So. Um but yeah it was a poor weekend for uh, Hibs and it's it's a it's a poor weekend for, for St Johnson as well, Bob. But I don't know if you've seen much of the games.
0: Uh, yeah, so I was up at the mm. up at the Hearts game. Mm. Again, we we matched them pretty much for the first sixty to sixty-five minutes. They scored a goal. And then as we were pushing towards the end, they managed to break on us and scored a last minute goal as well. So I came out of that game thinking Maybe the season's not going to be as bad as I thought it was, especially after our early League Cup exploits, which we're not going to talk about. Um, So I came away from that game thinking, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. But then on Saturday against Ross County, we were stinking. when you've got the manager coming out after the second game of the season... Berating the players, hanging out dirty washing with regards to throwing them all out and bringing in the youngsters—it's it's, it's not for good reading. No, it's not a great start. Yeah, but I I mean, having a look at some of the other teams, Motherwell off to a decent start. That this them got four points. Comarnock, yep. uh, Comarnock, four stuff. points. Yeah, I mean, the, what a result that was for them against Rangers first day of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Lovingston of obviously. Got a draw against Aberdeen, but then got smashed against Rangers there down beside us just now. Mm-hmm. But the surprise package so far has been uh, St. Mirren. Yep. Uh, sitting top of the table with Celtic on their, their 100% records. What have you made of some of the teams, Sham? Um, like, like St. Johnston, like,
1: like, sorry, I think Livingston are going to struggle to to find the net on a regular basis. I think Martindale, like Lee Johnston's on a potential Shugley peg as much as he's, I don't know what he's ex- exactly meant to do with a very limited budget and a limited playing squad. Samir and I thought Samir were quite tidy last year. I thought they, were, they had a really good finish, finishing top six for the first time. Um, they've got some they've got some weapons uh, in the, f- the final third and they're good at Easter Road from what I've seen. I thought Kilmarnock's result against Rangers and then going to Castle and getting a draw not considered a goal. If you'd offered them that at the start of the season, I'm guessing they would have ripped your handle for it. Um, Rangers not beating Killy not a great start for them especially with Celtic winning 2-2 two, two two in a hard away game in Tabarine. so yeah it's it's, it's early it's, hard, it's early for teams to get into their stride but it's uh, it's not looking good for some teams especially if they're not finding the net or can't keep the ball out of the net um, but Celtic as
0: I expected on the Rodgers are looking, looking pretty good Right uh, having a look at the scores down south we kicked off the new Premier League season on Friday night with Manchester City turning to normal with his winning 3-0, Haaland helping himself to some goals as well. The Saturday scene, Arsenal beat Forest 2-1 at the Emirates. Bournemouth and West Ham drew one apiece. Brighton beat New Boys Luton 4-1. Everton were beaten 1-0 at home to Fulham. Sheffield United come to a 1-0 loss at home as well. And Newcastle were 5-1 winners against Aston Villa. Sunday's results seen Chelsea and Liverpool share one goal each, and Brentford and Tottenham shared out a four goal thriller, finishing 2 2. I say thriller, it was an all right game. <laughs> um, what did you guys make of the results? Uh, me and Liam watched the Arsenal game. Uh,
2: I thought Arsenal were comfortable until the last 15 minutes, uh, and Forrest obviously scored, and Arsenal got a bit nervy. But I think the overall I think they deserve to win. And we watched also watched Newcastle and Aston Villa. And if you had watched the full 90 minutes, you would never have thought that Newcastle would have won that game 5-1. Because Aston Villa didn't play that bad that they deserve that score. But if when you defend like that, then teams like Newcastle will punish you and make the score make the score be a bit more what's the word? Uh, it, was no, it was never a five-one nice. game. Let's just say that. It was never a five-one game. Yeah. Aston Villa didn't deserve to lose five one. Everton are going to struggle. You can just see it already. Uh, Tottenham looked better. Um, Chelsea Lurple was a better game. From what I have seen, it looked better than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, overall a decent, a decent start to the, the league season. Not a bad
0: start. It is Shan.
1: Yeah, I think um I think Eddie Howe even said himself that he didn't see that much between the teams in terms of the result. It was obviously a lot more kind of it looks a lot. A lot worse for Villa than what it was. I think the bad injury to Mings kind of changed the dynamic within the the playing style. He's an organizer. He's a he's a leader at the back. And I think when you throw in Paul Torres, who's just been signed, doesn't speak the language. It's a big, difficult game for me to come into. But the five one was a bit harsh on Villa. Other than that, I think um, Palace win the way to Sheffield United. Great result. They've got a really exciting eleven. I think Palace are really good to watch, and um, with your Ezis and your Ayus and uh, Edwards and that, they're really good. Uh, I know Elise is injured just now, but they're a uh, They'll be, they'll be comfortable. Um, I thought, like Marty said, I think everyone are going to struggle. That's the kind of game without... Uh, some. It's, it's a Fulham side without Mitrovic that started because Jimenez started up top and he's, Mitrovic still might go. And everyone... Phew, I mean, if Mopi is your best striker, God, are you going to go to the league? I think you may go down. Um, but anyway, apart from that, Man City were electric, pretty easy, a bit basic against a, a pretty spirited Burnley side. And um, we've got Man United against Wolves tonight, so I'd, I'd imagine United should pick up the three points and we move on. I mean, it's early doors. A couple of teams will be looking at games that they probably should have picked up points and aren't happy about how they started, but it's early
0: doors, eh? So. Did you see the the Brentford-Spurs game and the Chelsea-Liverpool game? I know you boys would have been at the Hibs games. You might not have caught them. Um, but in terms of Chelsea, compared to, to last season, they looked a hell of a lot more organised. Yeah, um, the first twenty minutes was Liverpool were on them. The Liverpool scored, and then had a second goal, which was then chopped off for offside, which it was. I think if they went two 0 it might have been a different story. But Chelsea then came back into it, and but were, we're looking pretty positive. So who might have the the old Chelsea back this season? Yeah, I think, I think, that, I think a lot of that's down to the manager. Yeah, yeah, I'd I think they're.
2: I think they couldn't, they couldn't have really got any worse
1: based on signing 650 players in January and spending close to like $1,500 million. They feel like there they, they was such a calamity and such a chaos that even if it's just been a summer, a pre-season of consistency and a, a regular voice in the training ground being Pochettino, I think that you'll get them playing better football. I think that if you looked at their living, it was so... It was it felt so new, there's a lot of new bodies, like even like not really a centre forward up top because Jackson and Sterling have got paid, but they're not like clinical strikers. but I thought they looked all right. They looked they looked pretty good. And I thought that Spurs definitely looked a lot better under um Ange than uh they did under Conte and and then under Ryan Mason's short tenureship. I thought that they'll they're gonna have a a style, at least even losing Kane, which is obviously huge, they're gonna they'll go and buy a centre forward and they, they look like they'll be all right. I think they'll be a, a bit better than what people expected.
0: I think so as well. I think this, I mean, Spurs, 70% possession. I mean, we all seen what Ange was like last season up in Scotland. Celtic being the team they are, we're always going to have more possession. But yeah, it was a, a complete possession game yesterday. Yep. Pretty decent game as well. I've quite enjoyed it. Tough, uh, tough, tough place to go, mate, to get a point. That's a really good
1: result. Tottenham fans will not be coming away for that, thinking that they're disappointed. You go to Brentford and to to draw, A good effort. If really
2: I was great. a Spurs, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be really encouraged by what I seen yesterday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they kept the ball, they created chances, they scored goals, which was unlike them last season. But the only slight worry is they are still conceding goals and they they look a bit open when they play their style. But that'll that'll come with games. They'll, they'll they'll defend better. They'll still score goals. They'll still create chances. So if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be quite
0: pleased with what I saw yesterday. Yeah, they lost two goals in quick succession. Yeah, they, they they almost started losing their head a wee bit. They managed to then get to half time, regather, and obviously scored just before half time to go and equal. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, yeah, it could be quite an interesting wee season. We'll move on to our European road trip, um, Shan. It's just been that we've had kicking off so far, so I'll let you give some insight into what's happened in the first round of fixtures.
1: Yeah, uh, we know that um, Italy and Germany kick off this upcoming weekend, so it is just a Liga, like you said. Started on Friday night, like the Premier League, um, with two games on Friday night, uh, Rael Viacano beating Almeria away 2-0, and Sevilla getting beat at home by Valencia 2-1. A Valencia team that's had just the better players being ripped out their their side every season for the last two or three Probably looking at another relegation fight, but it started the season extremely well. Um, the standard results. Um, Alas Palmas, who came up from the Segunda, won one at home in Mallorca. Uh, Jude Bellingham scored on his debut for Real Madrid in a 2-0 away win at San Mames against Athletic Club. Rafa Benitez started his, his tenureship uh, at Vigo with a home defeat 2-0 to Osasuna. The mighty Real Betis defeated Villarreal away 2 1 last night with a 96 minute winner from William Jose. And Hitafe and Barcelona played out a 0 0 draw, which was, if anybody had watched it, it looked like a uh, UFC fight. Hitafe were just wrestling Barcelona players everywhere. Each had a player sent off by the end of the game. Rafinha for Barcelona, I think it was Jaime Mata for Hitafe. And ongoing just now, Cadiz are 1-0 up against Alaves um, after 15 minutes. And later on tonight, Atletico Madrid host Granada. There's no point looking at the league table because there's only one played. But we're talking briefly, we're talking earlier on about the the amount of money that was being spent in the Premier League in signings and yada yada. Barcelona spent £4 this summer. Four. They signed Inigo Martinez on a free, Gundogan on a free for Man City, and they spent £4 on Oriel Romeu who was at Southampton, they signed him from it was Girona. So this is like we're talking about like teams competing with the bigger clubs in England. Um Barça, as much as they've not got money, they've still got like a little to like push the boat out if they had to, four million they spent all the summer. And Real Madrid have spent about, I don't know, hundred and eighty or something like that. It's mad.
2: Absolutely mad how Barcelona quick, one, one quick thing on Real Madrid? Of course. Uh they're starting eleven. Against Bilbao at the weekend, there I noticed I didn't notice the score until the day after. But they're starting to live in their midfield and their front three. Oh dearie me! Camu- Camavinga, Chalméni, Bellingham, Valverde, Vinicius Junior, and Rodrigo. Dearie me, that's that's a scary thought. As a there's young. So is, much is, young, young talent them. there. Legs that can run all day. Uh, got goals there. Dude, Bellingham is going to be an absolute superstar at Real Madrid. I can just see it already. It's... That is a scary, scary looking Real Madrid team at the moment. Unbelievable. Yep.
0: Right, boys, uh, now we've had a wee look at the results so far, we're going to go for top six, uh, some top questions, sorry. Now this is where we're going to give answers on what's going to be happening this season and then in nine months' time at the end of the season we can have a look and laugh at how bad we were with our predictions. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is I'm looking for the worst Big Six team. Now these are all going to be down to the English Premiership because as I said before we're not covering the Scottish Premiership this season. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the worst Big Six team Marty, you first.
2: Uh, It's either going to be Tottenham, Liverpool or Chelsea because I think the other three will be up there. Um, I'm going to go for Chelsea. I think Chelsea will finish the lowest at the big six. Sean? Yeah, I agree.
1: I think as much as they've, they've looked a little bit better under Pochettino in the one game we've seen so far, I think... I think it's either them or Tottenham that will finish. Of the historical top six, I think
0: one of those two will be the poorer of the six, yeah. Yeah, I should have said that. Top six is Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal and Tottenham. Obviously, Newcastle, their newfound wealth and doing so well last season. Maybe a bit early to pick out them in top six just now. Um, But the the big six, we'll see. My choice is going to be Tottenham. I think there'll be improvements, and but I think that unless they can get in a striker that's going to score... Uh, I'm not even going to say the same amount of goals as Kane because that would be incredible, but yeah, I think unless they can get a striker in to fill his position that's going to score goals, they, they might struggle. I think they'll still be better than last season um, in terms of the their playing still, and I think the fans will see that Ange is maybe building something I think I think they might finish below them. Right, who is going to be your biggest surprise package and I'm just looking for a team not not a player just the team who's going to be the one that surprises us the most. Shan, you can go first with this one. Um I'm torn.
1: I'm torn between two. I think either Burnley cuz I thought they actually looked quite decent against Man City. The result I mean you're playing Man City you're not going play Man City every other week so I think they'll be half decent because they'll beat a lot of teams playing that methods and I think the other one that surprise folk is Crystal Palace not because I don't think I'm pushing for Europe or that but I just think that people just instantly think of a relegation dogfight and oh Palace will probably be bottom 6 bottom 7 I just think they're alright they've obviously got a lot of weapons in the front the front areas of the park and I think they're, they're pretty decent I think they'll be fine Cool, Marty?
2: Uh, I agree with Liam on Crystal Palace I'd go with that um, uh, Burnley Yeah possibly I think they'll do better against the, the teams around them I don't think they'll get money Good results against the bigger teams But um, no, I don't think Burnley will go down That's what No I, I don't, I don't think so either I, I thought they'd be better than what I think, they'll do, I think they'll do well at home against teams around them Yeah um, And I think they'll stay up as well But I'll go along with Crystal Palace I think they've got the potential to have a good season this year Cool um, who's
0: going to win the league City Shans <laughs> going City Marty Man City yeah, Man City by quite a way in my opinion I, I can't see past Man City either so nope. we've all went Man City um, in terms of my biggest surprise baggage sorry Again, like you guys, I would say Palace and the fact that we've now all said Palace will mean that they are 20th by this time <laughs> next year. Um, but I also think it's maybe not a surprise package anymore because of what they did last season, the last few seasons, but Brighton could be right up there again, I presume.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: Right, top goal scorer of this season? Take me Haaland. No, including Haaland because I think if he picks up an injury or something like that, you'll obviously have a different. Maybe not actually. He could probably miss half the season and still be top scorer. Mate, Machines going not get injuries. So you're <laughs> all right.
1: He doesn't get injured. If you take out Haaland, that's a better question in terms because Haaland's going to score 35 minimum,
0: right? Right. Top okay. two scorers this season, then. Okay. Score that. Haaland. <laughs> and,
1: oh God.
0: I'll go Isaac.
1: Yeah. Alexander Isaac, sorry. <laughs> or Newcastle. You,
2: Marty Haaland definitely and um, <laughs> Neil no, Mope <laughs> <laughs> no Haaland Haaland and Marcus Rashford
0: that's fair and I'll go with Haaland and Jota from Liverpool ooh be exciting, yeah. that is well exciting I'd give you 51 odds for that he's going to start smashing the goals and user are all going to look daft Marty, Marty
1: pinpoint this moment when Yota scores about four goals uh, it's already
0: imprinted it in my brain do oh, either that or we're going to be so right with all these predictions we're doing just now that when we do look at it in name we're going to look silly so I'm throwing one in there just to make us look a little bit silly So that's fair I... okay. humility yeah, I'm covering any, any option I can boys <laughs>
2: right
0: <laughs> and the three teams getting relegated from the Premier League this season are Marty, Luton, Sheffield United, and Nottingham Forest. And Shan, Luton, Sheffield United, and Everton. And I'm going to copy Shan with that one and say Luton, Sheffield United, and Everton.
1: A quick question for you two. If you're Spurs and you've got the cane money and you're looking for a centre forward to come in and replace the big man playing through the middle, they've got weapons at wide and they've got pace, I get that with Solomon and Son and Kulisevsky and Brasarleson's a kind of bit part backup kind of striker, who would you go and sign? <clears throat> who would you go and sign if you've now got the money in your pocket?
2: You go first, off.
0: <laughs> Cheers, Marty. I think this is uh, quite a hard one, I think. Yeah. With the stage for that in the window, not many people are going to want to sell their best striker. Nope. I can see him sniffing around St. Johnston if he's needing goals. So I think Stevie May is safe just now. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you would say. I'm I'm struggling for that one. I was trying to think of this one earlier on, come up with a name. Um, But no, I just, I I honestly can't think of anyone just now unless Marty says someone, then I'll say that name. uh, Marty who are you
2: thinking first of all they'll never ever replace Harry Kane. you can't get a player like him That's Mitrovic. Not
0: Mitrovic
2: Mitrovic Mitrovic was a name that I heard was a possibility but he's looking to go to Saudi Arabia because he's just money greedy like the rest of them um, I suggested a name yesterday which Liam obviously Liam didn't totally agree with because he didn't think he would leave that club but I would go for if he didn't get enough game time for Newcastle I would go for Callum Wilson but I don't know if he'd leave Newcastle or go to Tottenham at this stage but he's behind Isaac in the pecking order at the moment. So if he yeah. wants regular football, he wants to get an England squad. Tottenham are looking for a striker, a number nine, yeah. and he's had caps for England. So he scores goals. Why not him? My um,
1: my two my two options. First of all, I've seen him being linked with Lukaku. That's that's no one I would look at. I don't think Ange even. I don't know if Andrew even wanted playing centre forward. To be fair, the two names I say, above. First of all, I know he's out for six months with a ban. But if you asked me to say Ivan Tony, I would take it because he's absolutely. In, brilliant centre forward and the other one like I said was the young lad Evan Ferguson at Brighton he's got he's got so much potential he looks like he's going to be an absolute force at the centre forward position and being 18 he looks like he's got the the world at his feet so if you're looking for not a direct replacement for Kane because like Marty said Kane was a slow burn when he was younger but he came on to like just goal after goal after goal and he's obviously left a, a massive hole for them to fill but that young lad looks so good Really, really impressive for Brighton to be fair. My,
0: my two questions on that would be Young boy, I know he had a few games last season. He was playing towards the end of last season and he was mm. doing well. But can a team like Tottenham say we're replacing Kane mm. with a relatively young striker, relatively unproven striker in Ferguson? Well, And the other one, who is it you said? Oh, Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony. I, I agree, I think he would be an amazing signing but I also think that the fact he's missing the first six months of the season yeah, of course. means you can't, you can't give yourself that sort of hurdle to try and get over by not really starting until or hoping stuff takes over until the new year and then he comes in and starts banging in the goals. The only thing <laughs> I say about the Ferguson thing is if you didn't sign him now
1: and he gets even better, he's going to go above Tottenham. So my man you know, signed Rooney when he was like seventeen or eighteen, whatever it was. You sign potential. You can't sign a you can't sign a, a fully fledged superstar because you'll go above the level that Tottenham's at. I wonder if you take that gamble and pay, I don't know, fifty million or whatever Brighton expected to get from. And then you the fifty million for Tottenham isn't really that much money when you think about the 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 size of the Premier League and the money that gets involved. But that that he could be so, so good. He looks so talented. He's got quite a few goals last year. Got his debut for the, the national team. Scored again at the weekend. He looks a force like I think he's he's going to be a really, really tidy player.
0: Richarlison's not the answer, no? Absolutely not.
2: No, he's just he's, a jersey filler at the moment. He's absolutely garbage.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, the bit I want to talk about next is Saudi Arabia signing anyone and everyone they possibly can There seems to be, from all the top divisions, they are a massive draw for some of the best players in the world. Obviously, it's nothing to do with money. They're just seeing how good the Saudi league is and want to move there. (laughs) Now, my first question to you boys is, can we complain about it? Now, as fans of the, the English Premier League, we have seen the Premier League go into loads of different countries and pick their young stars out by offering them money beyond their wildest dreams. We've been doing it for years and years and years. So can we complain now? There's another big fish in the sea with lots of money willing to pay them even more than what the Premier League can offer. Marty, what's your talk? What's your take on it? People can people can
2: complain about it. Um, all they want, but at the end of the day, the one one the one league that can complain about it is the English League, because like you said, they were doing it before. They were paying massive amounts of money for players to come play for them, uh, massive wages, and now another country's doing it. And the first people to complain about it were people for the English Premier League. So <laughs> they're not really doing anything wrong. People might look at Saudi and their their views on life and their 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 ways and their cultures and things like that. But at the end, we've got our cultures, they've got their cultures. So you can't really complain about Saudi spending all, these money, spending all this money and bringing players in because the English League done it first and they're still doing it now. I mean, look at Kaiser, they're going to Chelsea for 115 million. Ridiculous. I mean, Saudi spend that money on players and it's. Ach, they shouldn't really complain about it. Yeah. Shan, do you think we've got reason to complain?
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely no grounds for complaints whatsoever. Like you said, the when the the Sky money and the Sky the the whole like the the grinding up of the the money from Sky and the Premier League started to generate such a wealth and such a golfing, um, golfing, uh, wages and everything from the top leagues in Europe opposed to the Premier League, they were just doing the exact same thing. Now, if you if you've got teams, players are leaving Champions League teams in Spain and Italy to come and play for a Villa or a Wolves or a. Everton, you try to tell me that's no, is that not just the exact same things? What well, folk are doing? They're leaving prestige, top level club football in the Champions League teams to go and play mid table to potential relegation battle in the Premier League. England is basically the Super League already. So, but I, I just don't think there's any grounds for
0: complaint. Right. The next question on this is. We had a, a sort of similar thing happen with China a few years back now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And Russia. They were offering multi in Russia as well. Yeah. yeah. Is this a flash in the pan? Or is this going to continue? And is this going to be the next big league? Shan, we'll come to you first.
1: I don't think it's going to be a big league. I think you're going to be like, it'll be like an all star league in terms that there'll be a lot of um, collective a, a collection of really good individual players but they're never going to have the heritage and the history and the prestige of European football and the clubs and the history behind them they're never going to have that they're not really a football nation they're more of a football nation than China which makes me think that and they've got more money um, than the Chinese so it makes me think that the, they're still going run out anytime soon they might get bored but it's not even really run out of money. Uh, I don't think that the I don't think it's going to be a major league. What it might do, though, is the European teams now might be thinking: Is the Super League such a bad idea, and that we can compete with the Saudis because we're going to generate a lot of money? We can then lure the better players back. Either that you're going to find the Saudi Arabian teams in the
0: Champions League soon. That's what I think will happen. Yeah, that was my one of my questions. But sorry, boys, I've totally stole your thunder. Sorry. I pretend it's one of my questions. She just made a really good point. I want to steal it. <laughs> uh Marty, what do you reckon? A flash in the think, pan
2: or here to stay? I think it'll be here for a while. I don't think it's I don't think it'll ever be a major league. Um, I think you'll get TV channels that'll jump on the bandwagon and start showing showing live games from there. Yep. Because of the amount of talent is playing there now. And then let's not get it wrong here. There's an amazing amount of talent that's playing there. So um no, I don't think it'll ever be a major league. I still think England Spain are still the big leagues. Um, and that's where the big players should be playing their football. No grabbing the money and going playing in Saudi. So, yeah, I think it'll be here for a while, but I don't think it'll ever be as big as the English league or the Spanish league, in my opinion. Yep.
0: I just don't think there's enough. there'll be enough pressure on the players to perform. I think when you're playing for the big clubs in Europe, the fans go mental if you don't get the right results or if you aren't trying your hardest and they can turn quite quickly. I think over in Saudi Arabia, they're just going to be swallowing up this money and just enjoying it while they have it. Yeah, I agree. Um, And the last part on this one is what's in it for the players? Now, money's the obvious one here. But some of these players, I mean, we're talking to Neymar moving to Saudi Arabia. His bank balance must be... You wouldn't even want to see it, man. It would just make you cry, I'm sure, even looking at the first like six or seven digits of it (laughs) before you go on to the 11th and 12th digits. Surely you're wanting to play in the top leagues of Europe and the Champions League for as long as you possibly can. These guys that are moving over are already very handsomely paid. Is this purely just money or what else could it be? What other angle is it? Have they just got terrible pension plans and now they're worried and they're having to pick up some extra pennies before they give the game up? What's your take on it, Marty? Ever since this Saudi thing started, all
2: these players that have went to Saudi Arabia I mean, I mean every single one of them, and we know I, all the players that I went to Saudi. Yeah, they're all well-known names. Everybody knows who they are. For what? For, if they've left Italy, they've left France, they've left England, they've left Scotland. Even they've left all the major leagues to go and play there. If every single one of them can't admit that the only reason they've went there is for the money, you can't even say you can't even go. You're going to go and play your football in Saudi Arabia for ambitions in football. I want to play my football in Saudi Arabia because it's a good league in it. No. You've went there for the pound signs. The pound signs have been flashed in front of your eyes and you've grabbed it. Every single one of them. And if they deny it, they're either deluded or just bare liars. See, so if you and tell me guys like Jordan Henderson, good pro, very good player for Liverpool, steady Eddie, oh, I, fancy a week, I fancy a change, I'll go and play my football in Saudi Arabia because it's a good league. He's got 750 grand, put right in front of his face. I'll just grab that, see you later. I'm away for two years. Every single player's went there for the money. Pound signs, I'll grab that. And do you think that's wrong with them? Um oh, it's their choice at the end of the day. But if that's what footballers are is that if that's what it's all about for footballers now is just to go and grab as much money as they can and it doesn't doesn't matter where they play about, then well, that says it all really. Sean. But... Um
1: I'm kinda torn. I feel like some of the players, if you're at the end of your career, like a lot of folk went to the MLS and some went to the to like Dubai and the Arab Emirates and that kind of stuff. If you're like mid to late thirties, you've had a solid career, but you can like what like Gerard did and Lampard and Beckham and all the kind of ones went. NES that went away to the Far East and stuff. And you think I can understand that, like the last two years, but it's when they're if when they're going in their prime, folks that are going in their prime, it bugs me. I'm not bored with Ronaldo going. I'm not bored with Benzema going. I'm not bored with that. I'm bothered with folk leaving top, like, like, I'm not even bothered with Neymar, because Neymar's past his best anyway, but anybody who wants to go in their prime years, anything for like 21 to 29, and you're going out there, like you said, you're already getting good wages. So there's no really money, but this is like, we've not got the same mindset, like guys that are coming for like, really, really poor bring, upbringings in maybe Central Africa, or like South America, that they're, a lot of them admit, they're in football for the money to get themselves and their families out of a position that they've been in for, like, generations. So you can see why they're doing it, if that's their background, because we don't have that problem, we can't really accept it. But I'm sure Diego Costa, centre-forward for Chelsea all those years, basically said the same thing. He's like, we play football literally to get our families out of a position of poverty. We've never heard that as we didn't get it, but that's their angle. So, I mean, that's entirely up to them. I don't know if if this is um, maybe just an incidental thing or something that I've only just noticed, maybe some of these players are going for, like, the culture. Now, hear me out. Like, Benzema and Kante and Eduard Mendy, the Chelsea goalie, and Koulibaly and all these kind of guys, like, there's a handful of them that have went out that are Muslim-based individuals. Their faith and their religion is that kind of thing. Do did they, did they, did they maybe feel like that's maybe something that, that is an easier place to practice their religion or is it an atmosphere or, like, a, a surroundings that allow them to kind of preach their faith without uh, being like no frowned upon but like judged by like the central europeans because we've all got our bias and we've all got that kind of stuff they're very much in that faith already does that is that like a draw for guys that like that i don't
0: know maybe that's a, that's a very very good point i think when you've got so many betting companies and alcohol mm-hmm. companies that sponsor european leagues
1: yeah
0: it's, yeah that might be easier on their their conscience Especially, like, you look at and
1: you look at uh, and Goals and Koulibaly, they're all practicing Muslim guys, like, quite open about how they their faith in Saudi Arabia is the exact same kind of way. And you just think, like, you know what? Maybe less pressures, less judgment, less kind of, like, um, remarks and less kind of that kind of stuff. Maybe it might just be a bit of an easier life for them. But obviously, the money, <laughs> don't get me wrong, the money obviously helps. That's not a debate. But that is maybe just one of the factors, I presume.
2: I think with those certain players I think that has to come into their thinking I think that definitely I'd say so I'd say so aye
1: Just that everyone just thinks that it's just for the money and like you said if it's, if it's not for the prestige of the level of football and obviously you're lying in your pockets but if you get offered that and you also get the opportunity to to be more of who you are as a person and your family can feel more at ease is that not something that could be considered? Potentially. Very,
0: very very good point mate Yeah Right, we'll move on to a slightly lighter subject now and we'll have a look ahead towards the fixtures coming up this week and next weekend. Um, The fixtures in the Scottish Championship. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> Looking ahead to this weekend's games, we have the Scottish League Cup where we have on the Friday evening Stirling Albion at home to Aberdeen. The Saturday sees Rangers at home to Morton. Airdre have got Ross County at home. Air United travel to the Spaghetti Had to play Livingston. And St Mirren are at home to Motherwell. On the Sunday, due to... Is it due to European? Yeah, yeah. Due to European games, we have Hearts at home to Partick Thistle. Two o'clock kickoff. Hibs are at home to Wraith Rovers with a 2 o'clock kick-off. That'll be nice for the police around Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And Kilmarnock are playing at home to Celtic at 3 o'clock on the Sunday. Obviously, a cup that nobody really cares about, so let's just move on quickly. Nah, I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. Any ties around? the round? Any upsets you're expecting? Do you think Hibs could beat Wraith Rovers? Or...
1: <laughs> Probably
2: not. <laughs> <laughs> The way yeah, they're playing yeah. at the moment? No, probably not. Are they expecting any shocks? I
1: think Airdrieg, uh, as much as Airdrieg against County, is probably not much of a massive shock because Airdrieg are actually quite a tidy outfit these days and yeah, Counting yeah. find that difficult. I'll be a way game for them.
2: Livingston and Area United could be a possible... Area United could fancy that one I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, other ones I don't think there's going to be any shocks. No. I not thought so. I well, hope not anyway.
0: St Mirren Motherwell? Who um, are we having for that one?
2: St Maran. I fancy St Maran.
0: Right, and we'll have a quick look ahead to the Premier League. So, obviously we have one game still to go in the first round of fixtures, which is Man United at home to Wolves this evening. Um, on Friday night, we have Forest at home to Sheffield United. This Saturday sees we have Fulham at home to Brentford on the Saturday. Liverpool at home to Bournemouth. Wolves Host Brighton Hove Albion, Man United travel to London to play Spurs, and Newcastle travel to Man City in the evening kickoff at eight o'clock. Sunday sees Villa home to Everton and West Ham United host Chelsea, and the Monday night football sees Arsenal travel across London to play Crystal Palace. Cool. And the only other game that weekend, which has already been postponed, is Luton at home to Burnley, due to Luton's ground not being up to scratch quite yet. But I reckon that'll be the only one that's that's missing. How's that for knowledge for you, Marty? There you go, eh? <laughs> instant, <laughs> instant. <laughs> any any games tickling the taste buds for the Premier League? Man City, Newcastle. You I fancy Man City, but in terms of early tests for both teams, it could be a, a pretty decent one to watch.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Newcastle Newcastle gives City trouble. Um
1: but City at home, they, they tend not to they tend not to lose. Unless they play like a Palace or a Brentford and they tend to slip up. But when it comes to the crunch of the games against the ones around them, they tend to do well. Although Newcastle will give them a threat. I think it will be a good high scoring game
0: that one I think. Yeah think if that was flipped around the other way and it was Newcastle home to City. Oh it um, might have been a better question to ask. But any other games sticking out for you, Marty?
2: I think Tottenham Mine United's there's always goals in that game, so uh that's got the potential to be a good game. Uh we'll see how United go on the night. Um if I could maybe follow that up. Uh tough game, but a winnable game. But it's just usually goals between Tottenham play Man Utd whatever they play, so yeah, got potential. I think
1: um I think Tottenham Man United, obviously, like we said there, um but West Ham-Chelsea always is a little bit fiery, especially being at West Ham gives the, the home crowd something to, to cling on to against their much-hated rivals. I think Arsenal are going to have a right a right battle on their hands by Palace on Monday night. That'll not be a place you want to go when that place is rocking on a Monday. Eh? That'd be That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one for Arsenal.
0: A very, yeah. very good early test for, for both teams. Yep, very much. We've, we've all said Palace are looking decent. They looked good towards the end of last season as well, so mm. good early tests all, all round for most of the teams. Yep, definitely, mate. Right, guys, uh, I think that almost brings us towards the end of our first pod back. It's been pretty straightforward, hasn't it? It has, I Very few slip-ups. <laughs> No, obviously, in the edited version there'll be very few slip-ups <laughs> um, the only thing we've got left now is uh, performance of the week what so, week? I mean, first game of the season it's always a tough one to call, especially in England but who are we going for for performance of the week? I'll let you take the first round of Scottish fixtures as well I'll go my performance of the week is
2: Camarnock I think they've started the season amazing uh, to say after two games they'll have four points taking three off Rangers uh, going to castle getting a point and keeping two clean sheets I think Derek McInnes would have snapped both your hands off for that um, and they should be really pleased with us with that start so I'm going to go Promise of the Week Kamarnok
1: Shan, that's a very valid shout to be fair because that's four points that Killy probably expected zero from if they're fair to themselves mm-hmm. Um but I, I, I like to go left field and a wee bit more of an individual. I thought watching Alexander Isak against Aston Villa, he just looks so damn good, eh? Guys, an absolute handful as a player. He's quick, he's got good off both feet. Even though he's like a, bit, a big gangly monster, he looks like he's got a right turn of pace in that as well. He's He was electric against Villa, so my performance of the week goes to Alexander Isak of Newcastle.
0: Very good shout. Uh, my performance of the week, I'm going to give it to uh... St Mirren mm. and Ooh. that's only because they're joint top of this season but I think the way they finished last season the way they started this season now don't get me wrong home to Dundee you would have them down as a banker for probably winning that anyway uh, but travelling to Easter Road now I know you guys have said Hibs haven't been at their best in the Scottish game so far and in and Andorra as well I guess but I still think getting a, a win against Hibs first game of the season away from home when Easter Road would have been rocking as well. Great result and I think they followed up with a a comfortable three points against Dundee and uh, it looks good. Right, that brings the pod to an end. Thank you very much for your time tonight, guys. This will be exciting getting back into it this season. It's sure looking like a great season. In England anyway, maybe not Scotland. <laughs> <Definitely> Scotland <laughs> so far, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but I, let's, let's hope the Scottish Championship is uh, as exciting as they say for next season. Uh, thank you very much for your time, guys, and uh, I'll see you boys soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. Take care